Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? It's going good, Amy, but it's been a bit of a heavy week. It really has been. I mean, obviously, lots to process in your week and in SBC world from the, from the EC meeting, but really, the situation in Ukraine, I don't know about you, it's a pretty somber feeling. It is. It is. Um, you know, we're, we're sitting here recording this on Saturday morning, Amy, because we, we had a bit of an issue with our recording on Friday morning. Uh, take right. two here, by the way. Uh, yes. But, you know, we, we saw the um, horrific situation there in Kiev and the rest of Ukraine. Yeah, really, really is. And um, I don't know. It, it, do you have any connections over there? I mean, I know obviously we've, the IMB is very have, concerned. We have friends that have adopted. I think you and I both have very similar connections, a lot of the same ones that have adopted from Ukraine, but um, right. it, it's just, just heartbreaking. Right. I, uh, we also have, you know, a lot of the seminaries have connections to yeah. the Ukrainian seminary over there. I have a friend from high school who is, uh, she, she's over there with, um, li- lives over there. She lives there, is married to a Ukrainian and they have adopted a number of children. They have an orphanage that they run. They've been there for, she's been there a long, long time. It's called Raising Hope Ukraine. And uh, I've already reached out to her and been messaging, uh, I've messaged with her, but they're, they're trying to work on like getting supplies and things to get people who are coming to their part of the country. It's, it's so real when you start to connect it with people that you know or have met. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of uh, Southern Baptists are taking this Sunday to pray for Ukraine. Sin Relief has put out a prayer guide for that. And I saw something online, North Carolina Baptists are doing something. So I know a lot of Southern Baptists are praying for Ukraine, supporting them right now. So we should be doing whatever we can, including praying for those in Ukraine uh, in, in such a difficult time. So, um, you know, kind of a somber way to start the podcast off this week, Amy, but there's yeah. really no other option there. Nope. So let's get into the show this week. We do want to thank our sponsor each and every week here on the podcast, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. All the upheaval and disruption of the last two years has left many asking, what does ministry look like now? The Ministry Now Conference will answer this question on March 22nd and 24th. Experienced ministry leaders from across the nation will gather at Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas to explore how God's churches can thrive in this ever-changing ministry context. Founded on an unyielding commitment to biblical truth, built by expert practitioners, and designed to encourage and equip God's people in every area of ministry, this gathering will empower you to live your calling wherever you serve God. So join us in Fort Worth, Texas on March 22nd to 24th and reserve your tickets now at swbts.edu slash ministrynow2022. That's swbts.edu slash ministrynow2022. All right, Amy, big week this week in the SBC, really revolving around the executive committee meeting here in Nashville on Monday and Tuesday. You weren't able to make it. Your husband was. I put him up in your office, let him work a little bit uh, on, uh, I think it was Monday. So took care of him, but missed you having you here, but a a good meeting and some big actions taken by the EC. Yeah. So before we jump into some of the bigger things, there were certainly some uh, boilerplate is the, the word, I mean, they're always different, but you always have motion referrals. Your standard business. Yeah. Yeah. Your normal stuff. So there were some motion referrals from Nashville that 
that were being dealt with. One of them was name change request. That motion had come up from the floor, not the first time we've heard that. And the the EC approved a report back to messengers that essentially just affirms the 2012 ruling that approved Great Commission Baptist as a descriptor. So it essentially just said, we're going to stick with what happened in, in 2012. They did have some discussion about the possibility of studying it again, but that that did not pass. It, it was about, it was pretty close, about 27 to 20 to not do that. Uh, but then they went ahead and, and moved to just, let's let's stick with Great Commission Baptist as a descriptor. Then the question, there was a question about legal counsel that had come from Jay Adkins on the floor about uh, did a conflict of interest, asking the EC to rule or to study whether or not there's a conflict of interest between the SBC and the EC using the same legal counsel. And so the response to that, which will go in the book of reports, just said essentially we don't believe there is. It said uh, that a group of EC attorneys had studied and sees no conflict of interest regarding legal counsel, declining any further consideration. They also approved an ad hoc committee to study the resolutions process. And that's something we had. There were several motions about the resolutions process. That committee will meet and come back in September with maybe some recommended changes to that process. So we just got got to watch that. Uh, It doesn't do anything to affect this year's SBC annual meeting. Resolutions will continue as normal, but this will be something that ongoing as well as, uh, and then kind of the other major thing was that they did, they did give a response on non-disclosure agreements. They essentially noted that non-disclosure agreements are standard practice among many for-profit and non-profit organizations, but the SBC executive committee has never entered into an agreement for the sole purpose of creating a non-disclosure agreement, but has occasionally included confidentiality clauses um, as needed. So it was just kind of an, an explanation. The broader the broader text of that will be in the book of reports. Yeah. DC also heard from President Ed Litton and new interim president and CEO of the executive committee, Willie McLaurin, on Monday night. And the the big news, I guess, out of the week was kind of twofold, a long-term commitment to addressing sexual abuse and a resolution with Jennifer Lyle, as well as electing a search team to find a new president for the executive committee. So let's start with the Lyle agreement. So that was something that came out that the executive committee took action for on Tuesday. Um, The executive committee itself, essentially, it was acknowledging harm cause to a sexual abuse survivor, Jennifer Lyle. And now this comes from something. It's not a new, uh, it's not a new issue that has been discussed. As a matter of fact, Baptist press issued a correction a few years ago on this, but this was a statement from the EC itself. And it said the SBC executive committee acknowledges its failure to adequately listen, protect, and care for Jennifer Lyle when she came forward to share her story of abuse by a seminary professor. Baptist Press failed to accurately report the sexual abuse Jennifer Lyle reported to two SBC entities and local Southern Baptist churches. The SBC Executive Committee acknowledges its failures to Ms. Lyle, including the unintentional harm created by its failure to report Ms. Lyle's allegations of non-consensual sexual abuse were investigated and unequivocally corroborated by the SBC entities with authority over Ms. Lyle and her abuser. 
The SBC Executive Committee apologizes for all the hurt it has caused, is grateful for Ms. Lyle's perseverance and engagement, and prays for her complete healing from the trauma she has endured. So they did reach a resolution with her. Not all the details of that are um, are public, but that statement came out of it, I think, which is an important statement. So that brings some resolution to that situation. And that brings us to the other big piece of news. And that was the election of a search team. Yes. So now we move to looking for the next president and CEO of the executive committee. Um, So obviously that's been open since November 1st, after Ronnie Floyd left the post and then Willie McLaurin, was just named um, and affirmed this week, you know, by the the full board as the interim president. But now they will begin the search for the new president. So that whole uh, establishment of a search committee is always interesting because it comes from open floor nominations. And I mean, it can be open until every single person on the board is nominated if they want to. But it, if I remember correctly, it did not. There were not 66 nominations. Is that right? Yeah, that's um, right. it was 23, yeah. I think. Which yeah, is quite a few. A but here's the thing. You know, people talk about this and the the issues with that type of nomination system or whatever. At least the body has a vote on it. You know, people were, this yes. is just weird. Why are y'all doing it this way? I'm like, well, the body has a vote in this. A lot of the other times when we see search teams named, it's like, we'll be appointed by the president or we'll be appointed by the chairman or something like that. And there's really not a say by the body over who's on that team. You're you're relying on one person, one leadership role. And in this instance, the entire body got to speak to who was considered and ultimately who was elected. So, yeah, Amy, so, who was elected? All right. So first of all, the chairman is already on in an ex officio yes. manner. So Roland Slade will be on the committee until he rolls off this June and the next EC chairman will be added to it unless... Unless... Unless someone who's already on it becomes the EC chair. So yes. that's where it can get a little uh, little different. So Roland Slade, though, will be on it for the spring. Then other members are Molly Duddleston from Springdale, Arkansas, Jeremy Morton from Woodstock, Georgia, Philip Robertson from Pineville, Louisiana, Adron Robinson from Country Club Hills, Illinois, near Chicago, and David Sons from Lexington, South Carolina. They were the first five right out of the blocks. Then that last spot actually had a runoff. So very interesting. First, it was a runoff between three. It was between um, Mike Keebon from Oklahoma Roland Slade. So that would have been for a spot that Roland Slade would stay in after he rolls off. That's why he would have been like officially put on there. And John Yates from Missouri. So there was a runoff once and then there was a runoff again for that last spot um, that it went through. And uh, John Yates did not make it, did not make the cut. So it was Mike Keebon and Roland Slade. And then in that um in that moment, Roland Slade removed his name just to avoid another runoff. So Mike Keebone went on as the last spot. Well, you know, Keebone had to make it, Amy, because of his yes. last name. Because yes. everyone on the search team that was elected has O-N in their last name, which That's... is really an odd little coincidence there. Right. Kind of at, kind of at the end of their name, really. Yeah. Molly Duddleston, Mike Keebone, Jeremy Morton. Phil Robertson, Adron Robinson, and David Sons. Like, it's yeah. just, uh, yeah. It's really odd how that worked out. 
I noticed it yeah. the other day when they put the names on a piece of paper and I was like, well, that's just different. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations to them. They'll get their work started probably, you know, slowly at first here because uh, I think we're all kind of sitting around waiting on the results of the guidepost investigation that's coming in May and June. Uh, you know, that'll kind of be dealt with in those two months. So I, I don't expect too much from them in those two months. They did not have a chance to meet because the the runoff situation created, uh, you know, kind of eliminated their opportunity to meet over lunch the other day. But uh, so hopefully we'll have some news from them moving forward about a chairman as well as just, uh, you know, any information that we can get from that search committee. That's right. One other thing that happened that we'll have more things about later as the annual meeting approaches, but NAM had a request about their ministry yeah. assignment and that was approved yeah. to add. We talked about that on last week's show that the NAM yeah. trustees had done that. And then this week, right. just the EC kind of affirmed that. So yeah. So next stage and that's it. Yeah. There was one other piece on the business side of things and that had to do with budget and legal fees and how those are being paid for the guidepost investigation as well as the guidepost investigation, how it's being paid. There was some confusion, uh, you know, kind of around that in September about where the payments were coming from. Those are not coming from cooperative program funds, like off the top of this year. Off the top. Yeah. Right. Those are coming because we can't take that money. That money is distributed out to the entities. That's how that works. So to avoid any misappropriations or anything weird with that, all the money for the guidepost investigation, as well as any legal fees associated with it. And really up to $2 million on both sides of that equation there. Uh, so 4 million total is coming out of the EC reserves. So just right. so everybody's clear on that. Yeah. And that's for legal fees for the EC and then also for guideposts yeah. for the investigation itself. And it's helpful to remember that the reserves, those are funds that originated in cooperative program. So it's still, you know, it still meets the, that they, that they came from the cooperative program. They're just not coming off the top because there are instructions about how that works. So this was kind of a, um, a housekeeping thing, but it did need to, to be in order. And that, that happened. Uh, there was also an update from the committee on cooperation about the, the, the guidepost report and just, you know, co- sort of continued commitment for uh, this is just the first step going forward. It's uh, Mike Keebon said from the floor, it's the beginning and not the end. So, yes. uh, can, yeah. So no, no substantive, you know, updates on the guidepost report cause it's ongoing, yeah. but just continued, you know, conversation about it. Yep. All right. That's one entity trustee report moving to another entity trustee report over to the ERLC. We got their report last Friday after we had recorded. Tell us about that one. They had their trustee meeting, kind of the major thing coming out of that. You know, we talked about their uh, approval of their assessment that that would happen. So that was one major thing. The other one is that um, that their presidential search committee gave a report saying that um, that their search is progressing, said that that the committee had researched the people whose names it had received had reduced the list to three candidates, and then they were dealing with one at this stage. Said that everything is moving along well, um, that they, you know, just they anticipate it to be clear soon, that they will give notice for a full board meeting that may come as a special meeting. They want to present their nominee, but they did not give a timeline. So we'll see. All right. Well, we'll just wait and see for updates from them. And see if we have a name and a position filled before 
June at the annual meeting in Anaheim. All right, Amy, last piece of news this week. The nominees are pouring in for Amy's list of most fascinating Southern Baptists. We have another one this week from Chattanooga, Tennessee. I'm telling you, slow it down, folks. Man, everyone is just too interesting and fascinating. I'm not going to be able to stop at 10. So 12-year-old Cash Daniels, there was a story in Baptist Press about him there in Chattanooga. He works, uh, does things with his trail life group at his church. And um, he basically has been mobilizing cleanup efforts around the Tennessee River. So his church is Morris Hill Baptist Church there in the Chattanooga area. And as he's organized these cleanup efforts, they've removed more than 12,000 pounds of garbage from the river. So he's recruited kids and adults from his, from his youth group. And there's a picture there. It's got like tires and just all kinds of stuff. It's, it's crazy. But here's what's interesting is that he's now been nominated uh, one of five nominees for Kid of the Year Award in partnership with Nickelodeon and Time Magazine. Um, this is an amazing kid. He said he started researching pollution at a, about six or seven years old. He would mobilize cleanup efforts. And then he wrote a book called One Small Piece about uh, taking care of the environment. And he founded an organization called Cleanup Kids. So this, like he really, this is very important to him. He started all of this and then doing some things through trail life as well. Uh, this is a motivated young man. Yes. Good grief, man. That's a lot for a 12-year-old. My word. So, yeah. Yeah, congrats to Cash, Nickelodeon Kid of the Year nominee. How about that? Just wow. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, Amy, you got to have him in there. He's uh, it's a definite, definite contender. He and the cake, the lady that makes cakes. So, yeah, you know. Portland, we'll Tennessee. See. That's right. Cake maker, citizen yeah. of the year. I mean, she's citizen of the year. He's a kid of the year nominee. They've got to be able to make Amy's list of the year. I know, I know, I know, but it's okay. just February, so slow it down. And and now that you've been talking about Tennessee River, now I have Alabama playing in my head. Thank you for that. Right. And right. that'll move us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, we're going to go to 1968 and just remind us all that there is nothing new under the sun. No conversations that we have are the first time that we're having them. A release in 68 from the EC meeting announced that there would be an unofficial poll headed to the convention's annual meeting in Houston conducting uh, that would be conducted on, guess what? Changing the name, the name change. of the Southern Baptist Convention. Yes. So the executive committee voted to conduct a straw poll to give convention messengers a chance to express their views on the name change proposal. And as we've talked about here and in other places, that wasn't the first time it had been brought up either. It has been brought up several times in the last, oh, 125 years or so. Um, but this was one where uh, it's very interesting that they were going to do it in this way through a straw poll. They were going to put three names on the ballot, United Baptist Convention, Baptist General Convention, and Southern Baptist Convention. And uh, in giving uh, some very direct instructions in this story, it said those who favor changing the name of the convention will have an opportunity vote to vote for one of the two proposals, while those who favor the present name can vote for maintaining it. So um, they said the now they were clear that the straw poll wouldn't bind 
the convention, but it would just give the EC an idea of what they were dealing with. Um, you know, they didn't have the opportunity to do a Twitter poll back then or, you know, anything like that. So this was their place. They said that there had been a lot of pressure, state papers, other other places. There have been study groups, lots of folks wanting to focus on a, a name change. They had done a survey through the Baptist Sunday School Board, which showed respondents were evenly divided with, you know, about half and half. But here's why the straw poll matters is because you're not going to change that name without who the messengers, because decisions are made by those who show up and a a straw poll would tell them something like, are we even close with the actual people who come to do this? Now, I think you have some information on this. So I know the LifeWay survey said that they were split, you know, half and half. Uh, Newsflash, Amy, they were not. The, spoiler the results, alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. They came back with uh, about 65, no, about 7,500 votes. And right at 5,000, 4,996 votes for the Southern Baptist Convention, 702 for Baptist General Convention, 611 for the United Baptist Convention. And there were 956 other votes for another name, it, like write-in votes or something like that. Somebody, yeah. You know, the Amy Whitfield General Convention or something like that. Yeah, I don't probably know. not. Probably not. Probably, probably not. But, yeah. you know, they had the ability apparently to do that. So, yeah, as much as uh, people like to think that they were split on it, they were not split at all. Not, not At least not the ones who came. No, nope, yeah, not the, the ones the who came. The folks who come, they won. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, just an interesting thing because it always reminds us that we are often debating things that have already been debated um, over and over again. That doesn't mean we shouldn't discuss them. It's actually interesting to see how it develops over time. Um, but we had a conversation about it um, this week in Nashville. We also had a conversation in 1968 this week in SBC history. And that conversation was also in Nashville too. Yeah, whatever. I guess. Sure. I'm not sure where, where did they hold the EC meetings back in the day? Um, I think Nashville. Well, I know that, but like where? Does it say? Well, they had a they, no. They had a building. They yeah, I know. Like we're over in James. It's probably was that over was, there in James. But they didn't have that in uh, in sixty eight, did they? I think they moved into there in seventies. So didn't they start out? In, oh, they were in the like, the, the Sullivan, Sunday school board. They were yeah the Sunday school yeah, board, not Sullivan the Tower, Sun- the other tower, uh, the North right, Tower. Right, right. They were at the Sunday school board, That's and right. then they were James Robertson Parkway, and then so they may have yeah. been meeting in Van Ness. Could have been. Rest in peace. I don't know. There you go. So, all right. Enough of that. On to the resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? All right. So we talked about this and uh, we launched it this week. So now we've actually got the link. We have a Wordle game yes. that is specifically for the SBC. There are four different categories that the words can come from. They can be sort of your standard, just church words, just that would fall in that category. They could be annual meeting style words, uh, things that, you know, might happen or terms that we might use, you know, for the annual meeting, Um, actual like proper names, either names of uh, organizations or individuals that are involved in the convention. Um, or California words. So we got, I mean, it's a, it could be all over the place and you never know which one you're going to get. Yeah. And some of them could ah. be acronyms, by the way. So just heads up on that. Right, right. Five letter so, acronyms. There's only right. a few of them. Okay, stop. Don't say anymore. I'm like, just, I'm not giving anything away. I'm just, you know, I don't you want people being mad. That's not a word. It's not acronymal. 
Why do you why do you do that? I don't know. It's just fun to, you know. Make a new voice. Yeah. Okay. The voice. Um, do the voice. Any, yeah, no, I don't do that. But anyway, I'm having fun with it because while I was part of approving the list, I do not remember all the order of everything. And so I'm still playing. So it's fun. Yes. So we'll put the we'll put the link there in the show notes and we, you know, always keep it going. So Yeah. And right now it's scheduled to end like on the Wednesday of the annual meeting. So we're we're kind of counting down. We we if we go further than that, we'd have to add more words. Right now the word list ends kind of right there at the annual meeting. So just FYI on that for everybody wanting to play. So um it, it's it's really fun. And you know, again, shout out to the the goodest friend of the pod, Patrick Watts. For making that and amy this is my official nomination for patrick watts to your most fascinating southern baptists thank you all he right built us down. a wordle amy i know i know i know he's he's high on the he's high on the list he's high on the list just okay. slow it down we haven't even hit march yet i know we all haven't right. even hit march and you got like 42 nominees for your list this year right all right my resource of the week is a bit ironic i get it i'm gonna admit it right off the top it's a disneyland discounted ticket portal that we put out this week from the executive committee. And uh, yes, I get the irony that 25 years ago we were boycotting Disney and now I am sending out mass emails with discount codes. I get it. It's different, but who doesn't want to save money, right? (laughs) So I know uh, a lot of people are interested in hitting Disneyland if they haven't uh, in the past. I mean, I just went for the first time like a year ago. Have you ever been, Amy, to Disneyland proper? I have. I have. Okay. I went when I was in high school. Okay. So you've been, what, one time? Right. In all your years on this planet, you've been once. So That's correct. You might be able to go again the second time, and this time you can save some money by doing so uh, with Excellent. the Disneyland discount ticket portal. This is an official Disney site. It's not some random coupon site or something that you got to worry about scamming you or anything like this. This is like official Disney stuff, so... And so if you want to check it out, you can go to sbcannualmeeting.net slash Disney. That's sbcannualmeeting.net slash Disney for more information on that. And, uh, you know, just check that out. And if you want to go to Disneyland while you're out there in Anaheim for the annual meeting, please do so, except on Tuesday and Wednesday during the meeting, right? I mean, that's kind of the rule here. Yes. You, you, go, to, you go to the annual meeting to actually go to the annual meeting. Right. Not to Disneyland. That's extra. That's correct. Yes. Make sure you're not at Disneyland when you should be in the room. Yes. That's important. Exactly. All right. So there's your information about Disney. Yes, I get the irony. Thank you again, Patrick Watts. And then finally, Amy, this weekend in the SBC, on the SBC calendar, Racial Reconciliation Sunday. Yes. So that's on Sunday. The ERLC has developed an insert that they can... Uh, that you can use it may it, we're we're dropping this on Saturday so if you get it tonight go ahead and print that thing out or uh, or remember to share it with with your church this is something that's been on the calendar since 1965 it was actually voted in 1963 by messengers and it has been on the SPC calendar it started out as race relations sunday but then became racial reconciliation sunday in the late 90s um, we did a little thing on this a couple of years ago, but something that uh, 
that has been a priority for Southern Baptist for a very long time. And I, you know, always see a little bit of questions about that online. So it's, it's good to, to remind of that. Also, you know, some folks have uh, responded when we've put it out about, you know, just the timing of that with what's happening in Ukraine, obviously the calendar gets set. Nobody knows what current events are happening, but as, uh, but sin relief has been, you know, just right on the spot to provide that. So, you know, if you want to talk about both in uh, this Sunday, that's there, the resources are there. Yes, absolutely. So do check that out. We'll put that link in the show notes as well. Kind of a bonus resource here at the end of the show. All right. Sorry for the delay in the recording, folks. Hopefully the audio is better in this one than what you would have been subjected to yesterday. Yeah, mine was fine. I just want to say my audio was fine. I didn't know mine was bad because you didn't say anything. You just said, oh, you know, I've got it. It's, you know, it's better. Well, I thought I thought it was my ear earbuds. I didn't know it was your microphone. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't. Know. But here we are. We're done. Same conversation yep. like Groundhog Day. So, all right, Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week. Mm-hmm.